Hello and welcome to my show, Could You Be More Specific? I am your host, Jonathan Steele, coming to you by the way of the Stay Woke Podcast. And on this episode of Could You Be More Specific, I want to touch on LeBron James and his uh, opening of his school in his hometown of Akron. I also want to do a, a follow, uh, not a follow up, but I also want to actually touch on Fallon Fox and some of the uh, issues that are kind of concerning her in terms of her overall as an athlete. And um, but I'm going to start first with uh, LeBron. I know recently he uh, just opened his I Promise school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. And I know this is something that he's been working on for some years now. I know a lot of the things that have been surrounding him in regards to, you know, not just, you know, his career in terms of what he is as a basketball player, but what he is also just as a as an individual figure. And I know there's been a lot of comparisons that have been made about him. But but one of the things that I think is a good thing that is about him is that he does think a lot of others and that kind of reflects in his style of play, but also on who he is as a person. And I know you guys have uh, probably been hearing a lot of that in the news in terms of what his school is offering. I know his school offers, you know, free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle and helmets. It's uh, job placements for their parents to also get uh, further education. And they also get guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron uh, for every student who graduates. Now, to be fair, Jalen Rose does have an academy. David Robinson has had a school. I believe Deion Sanders had a, a charter school at one point. So, I mean, so this has happened. But in, in comparison to, you know, what they've done, I know out of all of them, I know Jalen Rose's one, his leadership academy has done uh, very well in his hometown of Detroit. I don't know particularly for sure, but I don't know if it's been done as on this big of a scale just because of who LeBron James is and the amount of resources and access that he has that puts him in a position where he can make all these accommodations for these kids, especially when you when it comes to they have longer school days, they have breakfast, uh, lunch and snacks, and then they also have a food pantry set up for family. So uh, what he's really targeting, which is something that can also be used probably as a model to start to help other inner city, uh, inner city communities is addressing poverty with not just education, but resources that'll put you in a better position to kind of change your lives moving forward. And I know that's something that we've kind of touched on before in uh, previous pods. And I know that's something that, you know, uh, nationally it gets talked about. I don't know how much gain sometimes it, it makes, especially it depends on what city and state and that you're located in. But for him in the state of Ohio, which, you know, is really the middle of America, this is a huge, uh, a huge deal. And it's something that, you know, obviously people are going to be tracking, you know, so it's something like, hey, you know, it'll be something to look at a year from now. And then after a year, then the mark will probably be like five years and then 10 years. And you're just going to be analyzing it incrementally uh, about that. And I know uh, for LeBron, I know he was in an interview and uh, I know the administration uh, that we have currently was mentioned in regards to just the, you know, the, the tone of America, the, the tone of our politics and what's the state of uh, affairs in terms of what's going on in our communities, especially. And obviously there's a lot of division and it was, you know, we've dealt with polarization before. It was definitely polarized. Uh, President Obama was in office, obviously for different reasons. And a lot of that was racially motivated because if you just read and listen to rhetoric. I mean, a lot. that's where a lot of it stemmed from. Uh, obviously, that's now still there now, except for 
our president now is oftentimes leading the charge on kind of, you know, saying that kind of stuff. So that that definitely changes that in itself. And I know LeBron has been, you know, very open about his feelings toward him. And, and you know, LeBron has become more confident as years have gone on. And I, and I think it's a good thing, but it's like people got to realize, too, it's like people are at different state and times in terms of where they're at personally. And uh, the person that he was at 21, 22 wasn't what he was going to be at, you know, 27, 28. And now he's 33 and he'll be 34 in December. So uh, it's been a lot of changes that have been, you know, happening, you know, not just for LeBron, but just for our country in general. And I think it's an interesting case study because of the fact that it's not a charter school and it's not a private school either. And the fact that, you know, he's being able to essentially do this where he's not just the face of it, but also at the forefront of using a lot of his leverage and his connections to be able to fully operate it. It says a lot about LeBron. I, I think unfairly, though, I know that Michael Jordan's been brought up into this, and I, and I, I feel this way. Um, sometimes some people want to give publicly, and some people want to give quietly. I mean, it was the same reason why some people were upset, or some people put, picked at Drake for God's plan. Because they're like, oh, well, he's just showcasing this because he's trying to show how good he is. But it's like, well, if he never talks about it, like how you guys attacked him, where he never talks much about race relations, then you say, well, he doesn't address that. So it's like you, you're kind of, you know, you know, going to get cut either way if you do it publicly or private. From um, people close to Michael and from what a lot of people have said, Michael is very charitable. He just prefers to do it very quietly. I remember... It was a story where I think he gave $7 million to uh, clinics in Charlotte of his own money. And that's not something that's going to get brought up a lot with Michael. You know, Michael has built up such a mystique to him. You know, I know he's kind of been hit unfairly with the whole Republicans buy shoes, too. It's just more mostly Michael's just tried to stay away from being involved in politics for the most part. But, you know, years ago, he did a fundraiser, I believe, with David Stern for uh Obama's candidacy. And so, you know, people, you know, contribute and give in different ways. But I think for LeBron and what he's doing, I think it's definitely important uh, for him to come this far in his career to be opening a school, you know, especially after uh, hearing the comments that came from Laura Ingram from Fox with the whole shut up and dribble thing. It's like, well, you would want to use them and you, like a lot of people, you want to use athletes on causes that you care about. So if he was doing something for children's literacy or or something that you agreed with, you would co-sign that. And you're saying, hey, this is what being a role model is all about. Now, you can't say you want them to be a role model, but then if they are a part of an issue that you don't feel is important to you, then they should just shut up about it. That's, you know, pretty hypocritical and disingenuous. So those are just some of the things that I wanted to say about uh LeBron in the school, I think it's definitely a tremendous achievement and looking forward to hearing, you know, the results and seeing how, you know, things kind of improve in his city moving forward. I know uh, it's a little bit different from now, now that he's officially a, a Laker and how he's going to be able to navigate that. But those are just some of the things I wanted to address with him. I want to touch on Fallon Fox. Now, I came across this story. I had watched a clip on on Joe Rogan's show. And she is the first open transgender athlete uh, in MMA. And I know it was a bit of a controversy for her because some of the people that she has been fighting 
uh, a lot of people feel like you know it's it's a bit of a disadvantage because of the fact that she's fighting other female competitors and the fact that she's able to participate in women's events has kind of been a cause of concern now. I know Joe Rogan has been in strong opposition of that, and I know he got a lot of pushback on that. And one of the things that I, I like a lot about Joe Rogan and his show is even though I don't agree with him like a lot of people, I don't agree with anybody I like 100% all the time, but what I do uh, like from the people that I like to listen to is whether or not it seems like they're coming from a sense of perspective. And I think picking at him about his concerns about this, especially in regards to fighting, is a little bit misinformed. Just watching the interview, and I know he was speaking with at the time with a, another writer on the show. I'll have to get her name. Some of the stuff she states in uh, the interview is actually really interesting and fascinating, too. But what he said was actually, you know, something to think about. It's like, hey, if someone spent the first 26, 28 years of their life being a man and then they transition to now uh, becoming a woman and they've been taking estrogen for two years and then they fight a woman, it's like it's still an unfair advantage. That person still has an abnormal amount of testosterone in comparison to other women because if that same woman was tested and she had anywhere near the testosterone levels of her opponent, she would get suspended. And what a lot of people don't know from a scientific standpoint is that it maintains your bone density. So that that's something that you have to really look at, that, especially in athletics. And, and not all of them are, are one in the same. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, uh, the transgender community has to partner with, with GLAAD and working with women's groups on that, that not everything is the same. Um, both, all of us are in groups where, you know, we're dealing with certain forms of discrimination and they're all based in and rooted in, in different categories. So, um, you know, one of the things I also thought was kind of interesting in that, in that conversation was that, um, uh, the, the comparisons that was being brought up is that, you know, if you have a male son that exhibits uh, any female tendencies, well, then maybe he wasn't born to be a man, he was born to be a girl, so you just transition him to that. And then you kind of start wondering, is that anti-female in a way? Because what's fascinating about that conversation when I was mentioning is like, wow, well, it's like if we both have both our parents and we're both seeing our mother and fathers around us or images of men and women in our lives, whether they're your grandmother or your uncles or your aunts, you're going to inherit, by definition, their tendencies. And not all of them are just tendencies or stereotypes based off the gender. It's just based off of what you're seeing around you. And that was something that was really fascinating about that interview, because if I have a daughter and she has certain traits and qualities that her that you could say are that that are similar to men in certain aspects, does that automatically mean she's no longer a girl, that she was meant to be a boy? Is it and are you saying that then it's anti-female for her to be who she is as a woman and, and, and instead of her just transitioning and being a man. I, I just, I thought that was a very fascinating clip to have because like a lot of people, we all have certain traits and, and uh, mannerisms that mirror men and women of all likes a lot of times. And that's something to kind of think about moving forward. And I know uh, with, with Fallon and, and listen, uh, the fact that she's been allowed to compete is, you know, obviously it was decided by people that work in MMA and 
that are part of the mixed martial arts community. But uh, Joe Rogan is someone that really is invested in the UFC and really interested in and, and really invested. And it's very knowledgeable about that. For some of the fights that he says he watched where he says it was literally like watching uh, some of the fights that she was in, a man physically assault a woman, essentially. And the fact that, you know, the, the main argument as to why he shouldn't say that was what well, was that she was taking estrogen for two years in comparison to that. And it's just that's not the same thing. So that's something that those are just some of the things I want to wanted to touch on with that. I definitely want to follow up on this story going forward because I really thought their conversation was very fascinating. And I think it's worth uh, continuing to build and talk upon. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening to my show. I want to thank D for all the work that he's done. I'm looking forward to doing more of these in the future. Definitely become a patron, so definitely like, share, and follow. Thank you guys for so much. I'm looking forward to doing um, many more of these. I'm definitely going to try and cover uh, some more categories and, and more aspects of you know just news in general that I'm fascinated in, and hopefully we can kind of continue to keep a dialogue and a discussion. Thanks again. My name is Jonathan Steele. Thank you for listening to Could You Be More Specific. Look for us on the State Woke Podcast. I hope you guys have a really good one. Uh, be be safe for sure. Okay. Bye.